yeah, 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 yeah. Two thirds. Activating penal glands from neural linguistics to this one. Telekinetic frequencies. Multi-dimensional. This world is separated by countries, cities and towns and borders. Yeah. They divide and conquer. Yeah, they're monsters. They are the warring forces. <laughs> when I'm walking through, I'm talking truth because I'm the truth talker. Real. It's fluoride in your water. That's torture. That is a new world order. Wow. This world is gruesome and violent. Yeah. That's why these humans are frightened. Oh well, they're living in hell. I'll pack my bags and move to an island. Oh. I want to be truly enlightened. Dude. My music's juicy and vibrant. It's deep in its dirty. In its underground like rubies and diamonds. Hey. Gigantic like titans. No, I don't pay to no violent gods. Life's too short for lies and plots. Time flies like a pilot's watch. I'm watching time unravel. I'm lost in time. My time is lost. I will astral travel and do some stargazing and just look at the sky and watch. I'm a verbal pedigree. I've been reading the Gnostic scriptures. Smoking a herbal remedy. I'm not drinking a toxic elixir. I flow on a verse with energy. I'm a consistent cosmic ninja. And I don't do no hurt or jealousy. I show love, I'm a cosmic thinker This world we live in is treacherous That's why you need to show extra love There's demons standing next to us Fallen angels wanna have sex with us God crosses their testiness I talk Tuesday sections Hyperborea, that's my home It's a multi-dimensional exodus This world is separated by countries, cities and towns and borders They divide and conquer, yeah they're monsters They are the warring forces When I'm walking through, I'm talking truth Because I'm the truth talker It's fluoride in your water, that's torture That is a new world order this world is run by an evil intelligence These demons are ruthless You need to show compassion and love Don't panic, a screaming is useless I talk truth all day That's why these people are feeding my music But please don't piss me off I leave your mouth for bleeding and toothless People are foolish and evil and ghoulish Fiction is weird and even the truth is Don't be feeble and stupid History's fake and even the moon is real There's no fluoride in my water So when I'm dreaming it's loses You're drinking fluoride on a daily basis That's a reason you're clueless This world we're living in sickening Why are these people and so dark Why? The powers to be The cowards and weak And the human beings With no heart Make me so fucking angry I break the both legs And both arms I find a Masonic lodge And shoot them all With poisonous blow dogs Suppress that killer beast And release that inner peace I'm so calm My third eye's fully activated My mind is so sharp I'm unique like Mozart Don't beat on concrete I go hard and when it comes to music I'm having fun On tracks like Gopar This world is separated By countries, cities And towns and borders They divide and conquer Yeah they're Monsters, they are the warring forces. When I'm walking through, I'm talking truth because I'm the truth talker. There's fluoride in your water, that's torture. That is a new world order. If you're told the lie enough times, it becomes part of your reality. That is a new world order. And if enough people are taught that lie, now it becomes part of the culture. That is a new world order. And if that culture then passes that misinformation along to the next generation, that is a new world order. Wow. Westfield Productions. Evening, everybody. I originally had no plans on getting on here tonight, and then, you know, gold just falls into my lap. Uh, 
if you watch this on YouTube, you'll see the title of this video. Facebook, you, you never see the titles. You, you keep seeing the description, seeking truth in a world full of disinformation and indoctrination. Because, you know, this is truth or odyssey. So, before I lose my cool and go loco, I'm going to light the cigarette. We got some deep, deep, deep conspiracies. Ba, 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 ba. That's tasty. We're going to get into COVID 19. And censorship about alternative treatments other than their so glorious vaccine, which, by the way, was originally pushed by Donald Trump. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Operation Warp Speed, this whole vaccine, he approved of it, brags about it. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Please. Tell me. Once again, like last night, we're going to watch a video from the members only of the Timcast IRL. That's just the guy I am. Tim Cass is kind of Tim Cass and Tim Pool. He's, he's kind of doing doing all the work for me, especially after working an eight-hour shift out in this heat, this humidity. I don't have the energy to investigate like I did when I was unemployed. No, I still investigate. Like that stuff we found on the DARPA website. Wow. I still dig. Don't think I don't. So, we are. I'm about to get this set up for you. Dr. Chris Martin. Oh. PhD, Hold up. I apologize for that. Jumped a gun. That was rude. How rude. It is rude to me. I, I, I sorely apologize. Boom. Do you see it now? Do you see it now? You should see it now. Let me bump up the quality for you. Let's start this over for you. Dr. Chris Martinson, PhD. You've actually performed autopsies, I believe you said. I have, yes. Is ivermectin safe? It's one of the most safe drugs you could possibly look at. Pathology is the main degree. Toxicology is my sub-degree. So I love toxicology. We studied all sorts of things. And one of the things you do with toxicology is you're always looking for where's that lethal dose, right? So tell you what, water. Water sounds safe, right? 
water has a lethal dose. You know this, if, if you drink more than one quart per hour, you can get in trouble, right? So if you just chug a gallon, you can die from water, right? So one quart is pretty safe, a gallon is very much not safe. So we might say water has about a 4X sort of safety profile built in, right? I don't know what the safety profile is for ivermectin because they've tested it up to 10 times any dose you would ever conceivably give for up to three weeks continuously and never observed any sort of effect from it. It's completely safe. What, what is that? What is it? So it, it's a compound that was derived from some, some Japanese guy who found it in the soil bacterium and it's this crazy molecule that is used all over the world. It's been used since the 1970s. It won the Nobel Prize um, as it's like molecule of the, of the decade. It's cured river blindness, lice, scabies, all these things. River blindness? Yeah, it's it's in Africa. Um, there are these flies that will end up laying the larva go into your retina and make you blind. And so, so before ivermectin came along, up to 40% of the men in certain regions, because it seemed to hit men harder for some reason, maybe just occupation or genetics, we don't know. But um, they would end up blind. And it, now it, it's completely eradicated. Is it like a broad antiparasitic? It's very broad antiparasitic. So on parasites, it works by blocking certain neuronal functions of your neurons misfire. But it also has really broad antiviral capabilities, and it also seems to block inflammation in humans, and we have early readout that has anti-cancer signs. So it's got all these different signs, but here's the thing. Four billion doses have been given over time. Four billion doses, they track adverse events, right? And they've recorded, I think... All right, just to let you know, he brought up ivervectin, all right? Uh, when we get down watching this, I'm, I'm going to show you another video how they're treating people who's having strange symptoms from the vaccine with ivervectin. All right? They're treating vaccinated people with it, reversing the effects, doing away with the side effects of the jab with the same medication that this man's talking about. This this subject is what got uh, Brett Weinstein censored on YouTube. Joe Rogan held a emergency podcast with Brett Weinstein and another doctor. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. And they were talking about how this can end the COVID-19 permanently. Can shut it down. They don't want you to know this because of their precious, glorious vaccine with its spike proteins. Trust Fauci. If you don't trust Fauci, you don't trust science. Trust the science. I am science. I think the last number I saw was like 1,600 over that time. So it sounded like, wow, 1,600 adverse events. But the way they report them, it's hard to say if it was really this or the person was already on four other drugs, who knows, but they reported anyway. We, for, the, for that same period of time, aspirin, we have over 15,000 deaths and 600,000 adverse events reported for aspirin. Oh, wow. On YouTube, you are not allowed to say, or uh, recommend in any way, ivermectin, mm -hmm. or you're not allowed to say that it is an effective treatment for COVID. Is there any study available, studies or science saying that ivermectin does uh, it is an effective treatment for COVID. Absolutely. We have 53 randomized, um, we have 53 clinical trials of which like 20 plus are randomized controlled trials, which is supposed can, to be the gold standard. Can you, can you, uh, not to put you on the spot, but can you give me some, I can pull them up. Any, or how do I search for something I can pull up? 
Well, there, there's a number of things. So um, first, we have Tess Lori. She did what's um, she's out of the B I R D group. How do I spell her last name? Bird Lori A L A W R I E. And her group ran what's called a meta analysis. This is the best kind of analysis. They took all of the trials out there, sifted through all of the data, combined them, and sifted them. So if you had 400 people in this trial and 13 there and 22 there and 3,000 here. You pull it all in, you get one big number. So it's a much better study. So she, what, what did she do? So her group, um, they took all the known trials that they could get their hands on, good, bad, the ugly, they didn't cherry pick, they took them all, boiled all of the data into one spot, ran what's called a Cochrane study on it, where, where they're looking to sift out all the signal they possibly can. They, it's a very complex process, but they do that, and their conclusion was, this stuff in, in, inescapably works. According to healthfeedback.org, the verdict is unsupported. They say it is misleading as there are design flaws and methodolog methodological limits, limitations of the clinical studies that support the use of ivermectin against COVID-19. However, the video presented these studies as guaranteed proof that ivermectin is an effective treatment of COVID-19 patients, while disregarding the most recent studies showing that ivermectin has no beneficial effects for COVID-19 patients. This is, uh, what's the date on this one? I don't know for sure. What I do know is Oxford actually just put out a study that said that they it reduced viral reproduction. Yep, the and, viral load, you gotta viral get that load And reduced symptoms. Yep, there's all of that. So here, here's the level of data we have. First, I know doctors who've treated thousands of people with this stuff, right? So that's anecdotal data, doctors, you know, but but again, somebody who's been doing this for years and years, and these some of these doctors have thousands of patients who've never progressed to the ICU. So statistically, that's kind of weird, right? So you see that. Next, we have all of these randomized controlled trials which do show very, very strong positive benefit, right? So I'll tell you about one. Um, uh, Dr. Carvalho down in Argentina was one of the first people to do one of these studies. And what they did was they gave ivermectin to 788 healthcare workers, frontline healthcare workers, and 400 did not get that. Everybody got the same training, PPE, you know, doing all the hand washing and all the protective stuff. And then they ran that for three months, and then they asked the question, how many people had detectable SARS-CoV-2 infections? So out of the 400, 58% had ended up getting a detectable. He just said, how many people had the SARS-CoV-2 infection? Now, the other day, I told you <laughs> that in 2003, in Hong Kong, there was already a SARS-CoV-2 outbreak in 2003. We'll say again, in 2003, there was already a COVID outbreak. Just letting you know that. Detected the SARS-CoV-2 infection. These were the ones without ivermectin, 58%. In the 788, the number was zero. So this is on a prophylactic basis, right? They're giving it pre-exposure, and then these people who had ivermectin in their system didn't get it. So prophylactic. Prophylactic. All right. So 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 here's let's get into the questions then. So the reason why I just pulled up whatever I could this healthcare thing is, it seemed they made a uh, a political argument as to why what she did wasn't correct. They said they they felt there was methodological limitations to her her study. Sounds good, right? Well, that's not actually refuting your study. That's no. just saying we disagree with the way she did it, and I don't accept that as an argument. Right. If she says, I did X, and here's what I found, I say, okay, coming out and saying, yeah, well, the thing she did was bad. I'm mm -hmm. like, I'll take that to a certain degree, but 
I don't see that as actual bit of data challenging what was presented. Now, I did pull up another uh, 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 research study from JAMA Network, effect of ivermectin on time to resolution of symptoms among adults with mild COVID-19. And it says their findings was that there was nothing significant. Based on placebo or ivermectin, there was no significant difference. Oh, that but, JAMA study, that one is so, okay. We can well, take but, that but, one apart, it's bad. Sure, sure. But, study. but see, now you're saying their study is bad. Well, well then, see, here's, here's, the, here's the way. There's ways you can design studies to fail, right? I could design a study for ivermectin would fail, guaranteed. How? I would underpower it for starters. So it, they, one of the key things they like to do when, when they are designing a study to fail is they, they love to come out with a statement, no statistically significant event or, or difference, right? So if I design a study with only 12 people in it in each arm, I can guarantee you no matter how good the stuff is, it will not produce a statistically significant result. So, so, that's, so that's trick one. So here's my question. If they're designing these things to fail, why would they be doing this? Why wouldn't they just say, hey, we got a cure, guys? You know, they, they didn't like a lot of the different um, so-called treatments that would come out. So so here is, let, let me summarize what mo all of Western Europe and the United States, North America, let's you know, Canada to Mexico to slightly best degree. The official policy was no treatments for you. Right today on the NIH treatment guidelines for COVID, it'll still say this. Hey, if somebody seems to have symptoms, just send them home. If they get bad enough, if your lips turn blue and your heart's racing at 130 Eh, come on back. Maybe we'll do something for you then, right? So what we see is these grotesque difference in standards. So remdesivir, this this substance made by Gilead Sciences, and it's, you know, cost three thousand dollars a round, and they pushed that through, and Fauci came out was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So here's what they did. Here's here's where they design a trial, and they say we're going to make this succeed no matter what. When you design a trial, you always have to pick your endpoints up front. So what's your endpoint? Death. They picked, said, well, is this going to help people not die? Halfway through the trial which you're never supposed to do. They broke the seals and looked at their blinded data to see if there's anything in there. And they found out it didn't do anything for death. In fact, in Remdesivir? The, Remdesivir, nothing. In the group that got it for 10 days, nothing. No difference in any measure. In the group that got it for five days, for certain group of people who were getting more than this amount of oxygen, but less than that, it shortened their hospital stay by two days. That's all they could find. But then they ran with it, and as of today, it's still standard of care. You go into any hospital in the United States with serious COVID symptoms, they're going to pump you with remdesivir, and it doesn't work. Do you it believe? Dangerous. Do you believe that someone has someone that has COVID takes ivermectin, it will reduce viral load, it will alleviate symptoms, and mm -hmm. potentially get them better again? Yeah. So, so you know, here we are, um, you know, among friends and behind behind a wall. You know, consult your doctor. All of that. I will tell you that I, I still I, genuinely believe people should talk to their doctors for sure. I think they should too. Um, unless your doctor's being an idiot about this stuff, right? Um, I have personally coached dozens of people through this, and I got so good at it, I would I would be able to tell them this. I'd say, listen, get your hands on some ivermectin. Many of them got it prescribed by the doctors. Some of them ordered it off of India, you know, rx.com, and some of them got it from Mexico, or some of them even went down to tractor supply and got the horse paste, right? Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for animals. For animals. It's like... It's super common. Yeah. It's, it's, it's five bucks a tube to treat a 1,200-pound animal, so it's about, I don't know, 48 cents a dose for a human or whatever the numbers were counted, right? So however they got it, people would get their ivermectin. I got so good, I would say this. They would say, oh, man, I've started to lose my sense of smell. I've got this raging headache. I've got my heart beating. You know, they got COVID. And I would say, you're going to take this stuff, and you're going to feel a little bit better in 24 hours. In 48 hours, you're going to write me back, and you're going to say, false alarm. I think I didn't, never had COVID. <laughs> and that happened well, to me dozens of times. What are the side effects of ivermectin? None that I'm aware of. So, if somebody... except unless if somebody has a, a very strong parasitic load, and you take it, 
you, you might experience what's known as a, as a Herc reaction where you're, where you're sloughing out the, the detritus of, of the parasites you have. That's, that's a relatively unpleasant, but that can happen. So do you think regular people should just maybe take a ivermectin to clear out some parasites if they got them? Maybe if, if that's what they want to do. I'll tell you this. I've been taking ivermectins for eight months now, probably. Oh, that explains it, doesn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> it does. No, so, Ivermectin uh, shill. I have money to be made. Well, I've, I've traveled all over the world, right? I know it's like two cents a dose in scale. So. There's no money to make from Ivermectin. No, no so there's zero money. No I, money. I've traveled all over the world, and one of the biggest fears is that you collect various parasites, and you live with them, you don't realize mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So maybe it would make sense for me to take a Ivermectin just to, you know, wrap things up. You know, it, it's, it's, handed out, it's handed out like candy all over the world. In Africa, like millions and millions and millions of doses, they give it up. So, so the reason I bring this up is, if someone's got COVID and they have symptoms, the doctor could just be like, "Well, we're sending you home, but hey, try ivermectin, I guess." Well, and you, so let's do this upside downside equation. What's the downside? What, what are the, what are they just tell you about side effects? You're going to take all the ivermectin from them, man. It, well, there's no side. There's no there's no side effects. So, so if the downside is zero, but the upside is like maybe you don't die, or worse. I think worse in some cases, you end up with long-haul COVID, which is this awful thing. Your organs are damaged. Your lungs might be permanently damaged. It's a I gotta, nasty I gotta, I'm going to let everybody in on a secret, um, but I'm going to keep some information private. There is a high-profile individual who was experiencing problems due to the vaccine, mm -hmm. high-profile individual, and um, I reached out to them for a comment. They said that since they started taking ivermectin, their symptoms from the vaccine have subsided. The, Did you just hear that? Fact, Did you just... Hear that? I I don't even have to. I'm still going to get get that other video. That's two accounts I've heard of ivermectin treating the effects from the vaccine. Wow. Two, two. The, the frontline COVID critical care doctors, the FLCCC.net. By the way, that's where I could show you. they have all the data stored there. Beautiful stuff um, on, on, you know, the like, oh, wow. yeah, FLCCC.net. Um, <laughs> just amazing stuff going on there. So they have this iRecover protocol, which is specifically for people who are long haul and also increasingly for people who have bad side effects from the vaccines. So the vaccine is a spike protein. We put the spike protein in. Here's the problem. The spike protein itself is toxic. And so ivermectin actually blocks, we think, we, we know it, so this is the best data we have. We have, we have what's called in vivo, that's in the whole animal, in vitro is in, in a petri dish. In silico means they do these, the, the computer modeling. The computer models say that ivermectin binds to the spike protein and stops it from doing what it does. So that could be part of it. We have from salk.edu, the novel coronavirus spike protein plays additional role in illness. Yeah, Salk. you can't and you can't say that out public, even though that's no, I the know. Salk Institute. I know. That's, 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 who is that guy anyway? Jonas. Salk. Jonas. Who's Joe Jonas? What has he done lately? That guy. You know, yeah. built the uh, polio vaccine. Yeah. Joe yeah, Rogan. But what has he done? Lately? Joe Rogan texted me this when, I think, around the time it came out, and I looked at this and I was like, "Wow, that's kind of crazy." Mm -hmm. And then you realize if the vaccine is making you produce spike protein, the spike protein damages your like your your vascular. It's a it, it damages your. Blood this vaccine is poison. Your endothelial lining is that little pipe lining on the inside of your arteries. The, 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 now, two what, is an what, important what, what does cytotoxin mean? Cyto is just a cell, so it's 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 toxic, 
toxic to cells, but it's actually, I think it has more of a toxic systemic effect too, because it's, when you block ACE2, which is what that, that spike protein binds to, it up, just regulates a whole delicate balance, which includes things like making sure your vessels aren't leaky and you have blood pressure and stuff like that. Right? If you say on YouTube, it's one of their rules. If you say on YouTube that the mRNA vaccine produces if you say that spike proteins are toxic or cytotoxic, mm -hmm. it's an instabank. instant. Instant. This is in their rules. It's listed in their rules. So, so I was having this conversation with Dr. Robert Malone. He is the literal inventor of the mRNA stuff, and we've had very nice conversations. And he had, we were on this really awkward call with, with some hospital, sorry, university administrators, and they were, he was with a group that I was in. They were trying to make the point of saying, look, if you're going to demand that kids as a condition of matriculation get this, this vaccine, these mRNA vaccines in particular, here's what you need to know. And he made a really excellent point. He said, the FDA did not regulate these as genetic modifications. It's not gene therapy, it's a vaccine. He said, if they had regulated as a gene therapy, and it is, by the way, putting RNA back in a body, doesn't mean it changes your genetic if you, structure. If you say it's gene therapy on YouTube, it's an instant. Yeah, and, and so his point was, he said, if they had done that, here's what you have to do. There's three things you have to do when you get gene therapy back in. How much, how long does it kick around in the body? You have to measure its resident time. How much protein did it actually end up being made? That's the critical part. Is it making spike proteins tons of them forever? Maybe that's your friend. Or is it making just a few? We measure that. And then the third thing is, those proteins, did they stay where you thought they were going to be? Are there, are they, did they go walk about? Are they all over your body? So they didn't do that. So here's the thing. We know about these mRNA vaccines. We know that we put this stuff in. We know that they manufacture spike proteins. We don't know how much. We don't know where it sits. We don't know how long it's kicking around. Those are three things you really should know. And if we've done it right, I'm not saying these are bad ideas and we should never do this, but we should know that stuff. Is All right, so well, well, just real quick. So this is salk.edu. Mm -hmm. This is, I mean, uh, this is this is a salk institute. It's, it's yeah. a premier. Yeah. And it is, is it is saying their study found this. You, you say this on YouTube, you're Instabanned. No mm -hmm. joke. Like, that, that's why you're probably not going to see it on YouTube. That's horrifying. We have, we, have, we have to do it here. Hopefully people can see this. You find the story and, and share it. We'll, we'll include the link. You'll see it when we do this video. So my question to you is, which, do you think that in general the vaccines for the mRNA vaccines are safe? In general? No. Not these vaccines. Not the way they've been configured. Not, but, well, they've said 177 million people have gotten them. Mm -hmm. And while the vaccine adverse event reporting system is very high, it's still a very small percentage of people relatively who have been injured or had adverse reactions. Sure, but but remember when we had the swine flu vaccine, 50 people died from that and they yanked it right away. Wow. Even in the VAERS system, the vaccine adverse event system, they're recording about 6,000 deaths right now, but they're probably recording somewhere between 1% and 10% of the actual number of deaths. They right, were, right, underreported. It's way underreported. We know that, right? My, so, my, Did you hear what the doctor said? He said when they came out with the swine flu vaccine, after 50 deaths, they pulled it. Now, the other day at uh, uh, Children's Health Defense, uh, which is uh, from uh, Robert F. Kennedy, I was reading how here in America alone, we have 750 deaths from the COVID, uh, the, uh, COVID-19 vaccine. Swine flu vaccine, 50 deaths, we pulled it. 750 for COVID, get your jab. My friend who got nerve damage in his legs and hands did not report. Mm -hmm. And he's quit his band after 20 years. He's no longer playing music. 
it's, it, his posts on Facebook are getting worrying. Yeah, so, like so his life is destroyed. Here's the statistics. So, I personally know in my network of people, which isn't that large, two people have died within a week or so of getting the vaccine. One who ended up with a stroke. Wow. Now, according to the fair system, there's only 6,000 people who maybe had a death reaction, right? The Bureau of Labor Statistics every month wants to know how many people are employed. They call 40,000 households every month. That's it. 40,000, right? I've never gotten that call. Yeah, I've never got that call. You got the call? I no mean, one's I, ever called I you? I don't answer my phone. Just well, so we don't. Another number out we don't know. But I'm just trying to, to make the point about statistics. It's, if there are only 6,000 people who died, the chance of me knowing two of them is impossible. Yeah, really? there, there are two people. small. I, I don't know anybody who's died from it, but there are two people. My friend, a, a good friend of mine, we, like, I used to hang out with him every day. We would mm-hmm. I'd sleep on his couch when I was, when I was broke and homeless. And uh, a family friend who had very serious reactions and ended up in the hospital. Right. It's, uh, it's fairly common. So, so that's why I think these vaccines have been a bad idea. Is it the disruption of the ACE2 that seems to be fucking things up? It's all kinds of things. We don't we don't know what yet. But you said it was a gene therapy, so would you not consider these? Like, if, if you were if you looked at this without anyone telling you what it was, would you call it a vaccine? No. Oh. What would, what would you call it? It's, it, it's, a, it's a way of tricking your body into producing um, a brand new substance that was never seen before. There was a really funny post. I think it was either from Ben Shapiro or Charlie Kirk, where they said something like, or no, I think it was Jack Kosovic. They said he said maybe we should introduce a small amount of the virus into the body so the body can figure out how to defeat it, and that would generate immune response to the virus. And leftists on Reddit started posting his tweet, laughing, saying these these people on the right are fucking morons. How stupid are they? Yeah. And Jack's point was the mRNA vaccines don't do that. Right. He was making a joke, pointing out, "Hey, how about instead of these, we just..." And then he described a vaccine, and they're like, "This idiot's describing vaccines with an idiot." And then if you if you search by controversial, then you would see people who are getting downvoted saying things like, "Guys, the mRNA vaccine doesn't do this. Like the Pfizer, Moderna, they they don't do what he's describing." Right. But they're too stupid. They're, they're, they're all dumb. They're just hooting and hollering. Well, it, it, it's become. Um how would I put this? It, it, it's it's a religion. We talked about scientism in, in the first part, but but these people are literally ignorant of what an actual what, what this whole immune process is supposed to be about. And and there's a lot of complexity here. Listen, the Salk Institute stuff may or may not be right. I don't know, but we should have an open, full-throated debate about that, and we should have that conversation. Well, so this is the issue. The, the conversation we're having here is because we can't even discuss it on YouTube. Right. And I and, and and did I did I come into this saying you're absolutely right, one hundred percent? I pulled up studies that said you were wrong. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't yeah, know. This, this Let's have that conversation, though. We should be right. able to have it, right? That's what, that's what people do. How come they didn't make regular vaccines for this COVID and they decided with an RNA? You know, it, the, the whole mRNA thing is a little bit, a little bit freaky. Okay, so, so allegedly nobody knows about this coronavirus until, let's say, December 2019 at the earliest, right? At least on the internet, according to official stories. It was in December 2019 on December 12th that the NIAID with Moderna transferred some of this particular vaccine to Ralph Barrett's group at UNC, who's one of the people doing this gain of function research, so that he could test this vaccine candidate in his lab against coronaviruses. The RNA vaccine. This one, yes. This is in this December of 2019 mm-hmm. before the public even knew about the... Correct. Okay, so they were working on the mRNA vaccine before... The oh, so they've been working on this for a long time, right? They've been <laughs> excited to have a moment of like, hey, go. Stuff out, but it didn't go through the... Go. Testing. So what did we not have? We didn't have long-term testing, right? 
So I just saw the stupidest thing ever. Maybe I could pull it up, but, but there was this, <laughs> this statement out there which said, hey, good news, um, you know, uh, the vaccine given to kids doesn't look like it's creating any long-term fertility issues. Like, the fuck are they going to know what? that? Oh, exactly. Well, so so I, I do want to, just to interject, when I mentioned that I pulled up studies saying you were wrong, mm-hmm. because I'm not trying to come into this with, with, with uh, any, like, you know, Brett Weinstein comes out, so he takes ivermectin on his show. He gets banned for it. I don't know, though. That's why I'm still like, look, I'm not a doctor. But, 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 but I did pull up a study suggesting you're right. This is from MedRxIV. Favorable outcome on viral load and culture viability using ivermectin in early treatment of non-hospitalized patients with mild COVID-19, a double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled trial, the conclusions of which were there were significantly lower viral loads and viable cultures in the ivermectin group which could lead to shortening isolation time in these patients. So that, that now it does say, the article is a preprint, has not been peer reviewed. It reports new medical research that has yet to be evaluated and so should not be used in to guide clinical practice. They always say that, boiler For sure. but, but who's the author on it? Who are the authors? This is Asaf Bieber, Michael Mandelboim, Jiva Har- uh, Harmelin, Dana Lev, Lee Ram, Amit Shaham, Ital Nemet, Limor Kleeker, Oren Erster and Eli Schwartz. Mm-hmm. So, so a bunch of crackpot lunatics come out with this fake news claiming. Yeah, yeah. E- Eli Schwartz um, is, uh, I, w- I talked with him, and he's out of Israel, and he's out of a very big, uh, nice center in Israel. So this isn't like, you know, what do they call it? The shithole country thing? They're like, oh, yeah, you know, geez, yeah, that was done in, you know, in Egypt. But, but they do great studies in other countries. So, so this is one level of data. This was done in the clinic, and, and so it, it showed, yes, all these measurable outcomes. And they pre-picked. We're going to measure viral load. We're going to measure how long people are in the hospital. We're going to measure how much their oxygen levels drop. We're going to measure how many people die, right? And so they pre-picked that stuff, and they, these guys showed, yeah, tremendous benefit. We have one other level of data that's really important. It's called epidemiological data. So we run these really large real-world studies. So, for instance, Mexico, super, super case state, right? Mexico has all these different states. One of them decided to uh, harmonize around ivermectin early on, the state of Chiapas, right? Oh, yeah, Luke loves that place. Yeah, so this little state was like the, the governor of that, like, screw it, we're using ivermectin. Like <laughs> right? Everywhere else you would see, like, these massive deaths, and they were down in the single digits on a per million basis, right? And all the re- other states surrounding them are not having that situation. Mexico City finally says, fuck it. And they decided to go with ivermectin, and you can put a dot on the time they decided to do that in their caseload, and their death count went straight down. This state of Uttar Pradesh in India, 260 million people standardizes around ivermectin. They have an undetectable level, practically, of death and cases at this point in time. In, uh, again and again and again, I can show you 20 separate places where that's happened at the population level. So it's, well, it's correlation, but we got from the South China Morning Post, coronavirus, anti-parasitic drug ivermectin is hot property in Indonesia, Malaysia, India as Delta variant spreads. Indo- so, Indonesia just came out and said, Screw it, we're throwing down with ivermectin too. Wow, it's like the metric system. So, so what we're going to find out there, where's the story? Eventually, your best chance of surviving this is to live in a poor country. That's oh, yeah. fucking yeah. empire. How about that? Dude, I was watching the Brett Weinstein, Pierre Corey, who you've worked with Pierre Corey yep. closely, you said. Yep. And um, Brett was saying, we have an opportunity to drive COVID to extinction. True. And ivermectin can do that. It's true. And if we don't drive it to extinction, it can mutate out of control. It's true. And, and so this is the main reason why... These particular vaccines are, are so I, I did this very nice interview with this guy, Dirk Vandebosch, and he's just trashed in the whole place. Like, oh, my God, this guy's like, you know, he's not not viable. He has the deepest, longest resume 
being a virologist and a vaccine expert of anybody I've seen. He wasn't in academia. He was on the industry side. He worked with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, with Gavi. He worked with um, uh, GlaxoSmithKline, like all the biggies. He knows what he's talking about. He said, listen, here's the problem. This vaccine is non-sterilizing, meaning it doesn't stop the virus from replicating inside your body. It'll still replicate. So we're already seeing that the Delta variant is replicating. So now what happens? People have antibodies circulating around in their body, and the virus has a, has an escape and evasion route to practice it. Where if it figures out how to get around those vaccines, it jumps in. Now it's like a superbug because now it's like it's figured out how to escape from the does, immune system. Does ivermectin kill it? Uh, so with ivermectin, the story yeah, it does. It's, so when we say it drops the viral load, it's trying to replicate, but it. But you put ivermectin in, drops that, so fewer of them are, are, are making being made. And so what happens is, there, if you heard, run across the R naught, this was all that people talking about. Oh, yeah. It's a transmissibility number. So if you have an yeah. R naught of one, it means on average I have a chance of spreading it to one person. If it's 1.5, I can spread it to one and a half people on average while I have it. Under the, the story is that if you're above one, this thing's going to keep living. It's going to be endemic and you can't stop it. It will always be there. If you can get the R naught below one, this thing will die out over time. And is that the human body so is killing ivermectin drops the R0 below one everywhere it's been used. So ivermectin would prevent it from replicating while the human body destroys it. Yes, and the best kind of immunity is natural immunity. That's what you want. They, they give the vaccine and it's just against the spike protein. That's great, you make antibodies. That's one half of your immune system. You want your natural killer cells, your T helpers, there's all this other awesome stuff. When these things go in, this is you could, when you have a sterilizing vaccine. So when you look at things like the polio vaccine, you look at smallpox. These are sterilizing vaccines because they turn your body into a machine that hunts your cells that are infected and kills them, and so it wipes it out at the source. The antibodies just block it in your bloodstream. But if this thing can get into a cell, it replicates barely and spews out a whole bunch of new ones. So this this horse paste, mm -hmm. it's like what do you do? You like put it on that sandwich and eat it, or what? Uh, I have actually. You've taken the horse paste and I, you're like. Put I it have. On I have, yes. It it's apple awful. flavored. It's, it's a little oh, greasy. It has to be good for yeah, the horses, yes. So, so the deal is. It's like um, icing. It's sweet? It is a little sweet. <laughs> it's a little bit like, like petroleum jelly because it's really, they got some binding agents. But um, this tube is for a 1,250 pound animal. They dose at the same rate, which is 2.2 milligrams per kilogram. So if you can figure out how much you weigh, and you can figure out, and they have little notches on the, on the plunger that's our 50 pound units. If you can figure out how much you, you can weigh, you can manage notches. You can figure this out, but for the average person, it's roughly the length of pace would be the width of your finger. Brett, Brett Weinstein took ivermectin on his show. He did. He took some pills. Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice any any response? He's, he's been he's been yelling. This is the thing, man. I'm interested. I kind of want to take but it. Why, so why why stop uh, ivermectin? Is it because they can't make money off it? Is that it? That that has to be it. Something like that. I think it's. But I'm. I'm it had. But so here here's the thing. I can't figure out. So remember we talked earlier and we said well. First principles, this is about public health. Kids who are under the age of 20 have almost no chance of dying from COVID, statistically, almost none. It's like as close to zero as you can get. And they ascribe something. You know, there's this whole scandal. They're like, if you tested at any time at all within 28 days and then died, you died of COVID, right? Yeah, so, a guy in a motorcycle in Illinois crashed and said it was COVID. Yeah, guy, and the health guy, guy got some four bullets in a, in a gang shooting, and he died of COVID, right? And so guess what? A few kids were in car wrecks or whatever happened and they, they had detectable COVID. So they threw some kit, but if you strip those out, it's like nobody's dying from this under the age of nobody, right? Under the age of 40, actually. Did you hear about uh, Maddie DeGary? Yeah. 
tw- uh, she was 12, right? Yeah, but she got the vaccine and there's a trial or something, wasn't it? Yeah. They, they gave this woman's daughter uh, a trial vaccine. Now she's on a feeding tube oh, and paralyzed. God. Yeah, that was just the Pfizer vaccine, right? This yeah. is one of the mRNA vaccines. Now, now I'm not anti-vax. I've got my full load up. I, like, I've got my tetanus. Um, I'm really glad I have the polio and smallpox. There are vaccines I see coming that I would consider. Not these. Not right? the mRNA ones. Not the mRNA well, isn't, ones. Isn't uh, Johnson, up, traditional? It's more traditional, but it's still it's a viral vector, and, and they're still making just the spike protein out of that thing. Oh. I don't like just forming around the spike protein. So so that's just one little piece of this. Let's imagine that, like, like um, what would we use here? Um, something really complicated that's got a really complicated shape. You know, it's like if we had a baseball. The spike protein would just be the stitching. Yeah. You're like, that's it. We're just making proteins against the stitching. But it's got all this other territory. It's got some printing on it. It's got some knobby surface. Could it, could it change and get rid of the spike protein? It, it, it can modify the spike protein so that it's different from what you're expecting to yeah. see. But, but the rest of it, it has a protein in there, the E protein, which is on the outside membrane, which has not changed in any coronavirus at all for a long, long, long time. It's so important that it's conserved 100%. So when you get the whole virus, somebody your your body can see that and start attacking that part, and that you doesn't said, change. You said on the main show that the Delta variant has this change, which we've often seen in gain of function research. Yes. Do you think the Delta variant is gain of function research? Yes. Uh, well, it, it took advantage of gain of function research. Is well, why we shouldn't be doing this. Wouldn't that imply that the Delta variant was leaked after the start of COVID? It's possible, but there's enough other mutations. It kind of looked like this was just a random bad accident. It happens. Do you think that the virus was was manufactured? Yes. In gain of function research. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What what makes you believe that? Uh, a couple of things. So so first up, the receptor binding domain is the most important part. That's the part in the spike protein that actually binds onto the ACE2 receptor, and that part's really really critical. So what happens normally if we're saying it's a zoonotic transfer, meaning it jumped out of a bat into a human, what happens always in those cases is the first few times it tries to do that is really bad at it because it's it's meant to be in a pig it's meant to be in a chicken it's meant to be in a in a bat it's trying to jump into new species it's like eh, it has a hard time because it has a key that fits a lock for a bat perfectly but it doesn't it has to really work to jimmy your lock because it doesn't have a good fit it has the highest fit for human ace2 out of any species detected by far so it had to have evolved in humans well how would it do that well in the lab they take mice they pull out their genes, they give them human ACE2, and then they experiment on them. So it's called humanized mouse models. Now it has a perfect environment to try and get the key just right. And they do that with something called serial passaging. You give it to one generation of mice, and then another, and another, and another. And it gets better and better and better. And that's where gain-of-function research is. Two, that receptor binding domain is exactly identical with that of a pangolin. It's this weird animal, right? They're very solitary. So their story is it must have been a bat got together with a pangolin, but where the bat lives is a thousand miles from where this thing erupted. And the pangolins don't live, they have nothing to do with each other, but all the time in gain of function research, they take this awesome piece of one animal and they chimerize, it's called, and they stitch it onto another one. That's what it looks like to me. So a pangolin DNA is fused with, with mouse DNA? It's RNA in this case, RNA. but yes. From the Daily Mail, no bats or pangolins were sold at Wuhan wet markets immediately before COVID-19 pandemic Oh, Oxford, shit. study says. Yeah, and it wouldn't even matter because there's really no viable path for a pangolin and a bat to get together. So this, so, so then, they could, you, you <laughs> think they were, they were fucking around? Yeah. He got away from Fauci, that. Fauci's emails make it seem like he was worried, like, oh, shit, did we just fuck up? This is fantastic. So so you got this guy, Christian Anderson, who works at Scripps Institute. He's a European. 
and he's a virologist. And he sends that email on January 29th to Fauci. He's like, dude, this thing has features inconsistent with evolution, right? I, I saw that. That, yep. that, that that's, fancy, that's fancy science speak for kind of looks lab-made, yep. right? Later that night, Fauci isn't sleeping now. He's, he's emailing furiously to his chief of staff, Hugh Achenklaus, and saying, dude, get on this. we got shit to do, right? And then they convene a big meeting the next day. Who's in there? Does he call upon the thousands of virologists who work at the NIAD? Not one. This is Fauci, Collins, the head of the NIH, the head of the Wellcome Trust, this guy Jeremy Farrar, who works for a big, shadowy, sort of like well-funded, sort of like, you know, weird, like, NGO that's out, like, promoting vaccines all over the world. Marion uh, Cookman, who is a, a Dutch virologist. This guy was a German virologist, um, Christian Drozdchen, who created the, the, the virus that actually caused the whole world to turn off gain of function research here in 2014. We were like, stop that. He was the guy who made that, the H1N1 that, 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 or H1N1 <laughs> that maybe killed the world if it had gotten out. And on and on and on. So made you looked down the H1N1. Who's invited to this emergency meeting? We talked about the fact this might have come out of the lab. All external people. No way from inside the government. So if you really thought somebody was like, "Oh, Chris, you don't understand. This is a that could have caused a war." I'm like, "Well, great. Then show me the, the email list with a bunch of State Department people on it." When the, nobody was called. When the first news started breaking, very suspicious. We got these reports of like you know people collapsing in the streets in, in Wuhan. So I deviated from the political talk, which was impeachment or whatever, mm -hmm. and did a video about Wuhan, and it got demonetized. This was before there was an outbreak. Before anything was in the U.S., yeah. this was January. Mm -hmm. And I was confused, and Google said, you can't talk about this stuff. And it was really weird. Mm -hmm. Why? Why couldn't I report on this news story? Why was I being censored on something that was like China's experiencing some pandemic? And then, once it came to the U.S., is when they came back and said, okay, now you can talk about it. I wonder if, early on, when they realized what this was in January, they put out their you know, feelers, reached out to the network saying, this is bad for us. This was our fuck up, gain of function research. We don't want this getting out. Stifle it. And so I was told I couldn't talk about demonetized, deranged. But it wasn't until it became ubiquitous right. that it was like, okay, now YouTube, YouTube said to me specifically, now we're recognizing the, the veracity of COVID. We're going to allow people to talk about it. Yep. Under what guideline did it make sense that I couldn't report about a viral outbreak in China? You want to say I can't say racial slurs and hate speech? I understand that. You want to say I can't recommend medical treatments? I understand that. To go to me and say this news story is off limits, mm -hmm. what the fuck? Yeah, that, and it was coordinated across networks, social networks, too. It wasn't just like yeah. People were getting getting videos taken down for talking about this. Yeah, I, I was one of them. And, and as I mentioned, you know, my, my, um, uh, my wiki page got taken down. Yeah. Right? And, and, and so... What I was doing early on that got me in trouble, though, was I was I went to the WHO's own pandemic guidelines because I hadn't studied virology in a long time. It's like all dust. It's January. I don't know what the hell's going on. So I'm like, what is a pandemic? So I go and I pull down their thing, and they have a they have six phases. So like, here here you go. As soon as it has first human to human transmission, it goes another phase. As soon as it jumps a border, you get. So I'm tracking this, and within a week, we were already in a pandemic, and it was another month and a half before the yep. who even said that we had a pandemic, right? So I'm a, I'm just some dude, and and I'm just out there going. This is a pandemic. Why is why is the world not on fire? And they're like, oh, we'll just keep. They kept flights from Wuhan. Yeah, stream. I'm I'm watching. So I go to flight and tracker. That was under Trump. You go to it was. You go to flight tracker. China's not allowing anything from Wuhan domestically, but they're allowing all these flights to go all over the world. And oh I'm like, that stinks so to I, high I, heaven. So I, why I, is Google protecting that? 
I want to get political on this as, as we're entering this, this arena. You are a PhD pathologist, mm -hmm. and your specialty was toxicology. Yes. You're not a virologist? Nope. So did you spend decades or like or years in school researching virology or anything like that? I, I mean, I had courses on it, and it, it took no time at all to sort of dust that off, and, and I'm a very quick learner, so I, you know, just dove back in. It's science. You, 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 can, you can figure this stuff out pretty But you, uh, you do have uh, <laughs> expertise in peripheral areas, so dealing with a lot of this stuff, so clearly the things you've talked about, you've been, able, you've been able to understand. I bring this up because you are a PhD pathologist. You are more of a medical expert than many of the people who engage in this conversation, especially at YouTube. And we're doing an interview with you. And I have said, here are some studies that agree, here are some studies that don't. But something interesting happens when it comes to having these conversations. NewsGuard. Are you familiar with NewsGuard? Oh, there, there was a really interesting conundrum I bumped into when there's this very obvious conspiracy theory I'm saying. They said, across the board, X's. Terrible conspiracy theories, garbage. And so I, did, I, I often look into their valuation system, why there was. They said they published fake news. And so I looked at one of the stories they were talking about the claim was fake news. They had interviewed a former CIA agent who had made several claims. NewsGuard determined that the claims made by that CIA agent He's a CIA agent. Mm -hmm. If he comes out and says, this is my statement, that's a statement. Mm -hmm. You can try and verify it or not. The New York Times comes out and says, so a, a source familiar with Trump's thinking, and that's real news. Mm -hmm. So the interesting conundrum here is that, while I've Absolutely laid out. You're not a virologist. I have studies that, that disagree. You think those studies are wrong. They will still claim that this is a conspiracy interview, that you are not an expert, that you're, what you're saying has no merit, and that's patently absurd. Patently absurd. You, uh, for, for all the, the things I point out, the good and the bad, you're clearly an expert in a lot of ways, more so than the average person, and you've done a ton of research into this. They'll still claim it's bullshit. Yeah, and, and I'm not relating. This isn't my data. I go to the world's experts on this stuff, people who've treated thousands and thousands of auto interpreting studies. I've talked with Tess, I've talked with Pierre Corey, I've talked with, I've talked with all of these people. I talk with them all the time because we're constantly wrestling with this stuff. At this point, I can tell you that the evidence is absolutely overwhelming, irrefutable. I've never seen anything in any study I've looked at that is as strong as the signal I've seen for ivermectin. I'm feeling this World Economic Forum. You'll own nothing and love everything. Take our vaccine. Move away from. All right. So, so now we're into speculation territory, and this is this is you know fun, but yeah. Look, look, <laughs> what, look what happened fun. after nine eleven. <laughs> lost their right to privacy. So everybody expects, like we all know, like you'd have to be an idiot, like all those people, like oh my god, I got a tracking chip in my arm. Get out of here with that. You carry one in your pocket every day, right? <laughs> yeah. Whole host of them. Yeah. But we lost our right to privacy, and people now, you know, you see Snowden comes out in two thousand thirteen, like oh yeah, you know, NSA sniffing everything. We hear Tucker Carlson come out and say the NSA is like intercepting my stuff. And people are like, oh yeah, we lost that yeah. after 9-11. With COVID, we lost the right to our own bodies. I got another study. We lost the right to determine what goes in our bodies. Yeah. This is from the American yeah. Journal of Therapeutics. Ivermectin for prevention and treatment of COVID-19 infection. Conclusions, moderate certainty evidence find that large reductions in COVID-19 deaths are possible using Ivermectin. Using Ivermectin early in the clinical course may reduce numbers progressing to severe disease. The apparent safety and low cost suggest that ivermectin is likely to have a significant impact on the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic globally. I'll put it this way. Globally. Sure, all of these studies are wrong. Their methodology was bad. So say the experts. What's the what's the risk of taking a, a prophylactic dose of ivermectin? That, that's the thing. The precautionary principle would say if there's no harm that you can detect and there's the possibility of this doing good, you, you use it. Period. What if there was a possibility of small harm but a possibility of some harm? 
that it gets more complicated when you get down to that. But that's where we are with the vaccines, right? Right. There, there's a there's a number out there always in, in medicine called NNT, number needed to treat. So there's a TED talk on this one, which is great, it, um, which I learned this from first, which talked about stats. You know, it controls cholesterol. So the question is, how many people would you need to treat before you would save one person from having a serious event like a heart attack or a death? And I would have thought, well, they push these statins so hard, it must be like two. You treat two people, you save one. The answer is 300. You have to treat 300 people for a year to stop one serious event. So now we get over to vaccines. The number needed to vaccinate, the NNTD. What do you need to do there? Just, I, I came out with a study. I had to put it behind my paywall because it's a study. And these people had calculated that you would have to accept two deaths from the vaccine to save three people. Oh, what? That's not very good because those three people who are going to die are all the way out here. I don't want to be crass about this, but they're old people. The chance of dying from COVID doubles with every seven years, right? So it's an exponential function. So that when you say we're going to kill two to save three, the two you're killing might be 15-year-olds, might be 30-year-olds. So you're destroying so, 150 years of life to preserve like 30. Correct. And that's a conversation that we should be having because it's a bioethics and it's a medical ethics thing. So you say, what do you do if it's getting, you know, it's a little benefit, a little problem? With vaccines, with these mRNA vaccines right now, the best data we have, and I think their data is low because I think that a lot of deaths weren't recorded properly. But even taking the data as they took it, would you be willing? This is the question we ought to be asking. And I think Alex Berenson framed this first. I loved how he did it. Um, he said, how many kids are we willing to kill so an aging Alzheimer's patient with comorbidities can have a few more weeks of life? So when we answer that question, we can Apparently answer two the rest of us. I mean, I'm not willing to kill a kid to save some old Alzheimer's patient. No offense, Alzheimer's patient, but that kid's got a long life ahead of him. That's well, how I would see it. So it, it's just it's part of it. <laughs> That's what I would do. Big <laughs> part of it. I mean, this is, this is the first time that a single pharma company could be looking at potentially a trillion dollars in revenue. Right? And that just solidifies more control. Yep. You know, regarding COVID, you said that under, under 20, kid, people, children, people under 20 don't really die from it. There's very, very, very low death rate. Is there a rate of, like, you said that you could have this long-term COVID impact effects. What are those called? Where, like, the long haulers? Yeah, the long haulers. Does it create long haulers in children that get COVID? It can, yes. Um, so because this thing was so well-engineered for humans, it, races, it really does some bad things. Um, and the problem is it doesn't just have one set of keys. That one set of keys would be to your ACE2 receptor. It also comes in through neuroplatin 1, CD147, it has all these keys. That's another indication it didn't come out of nature. Third reason, we know that they had to kill all those minks in Holland, right? Yeah. It jumped from humans into a pandemic into another species. We've never seen that. It's, it's never true that it jumps out of one species, like from a bat into a human. Next thing you know, it, it goes into cats, tigers, minks. Yeah. You know, it's like all over the place. This thing was just, it's like way too good at what it does, right? So they found it in ice cream. Did you hear that study out of China? They had to recall that ice cream because it was found in the fat in the ice cream. I don't know what to make of that. You know, I got bamboozled by all those people pitching over in China. Like, well, I, was, I was like, oh my God. I, I think a lot of that was, I think those were drunk people. I don't know what that was. Oh, bullshit. falling over. Yeah, I think China allowed a lot of stuff. So here, here's my operative yeah. theory. China allowed all the planes out and they allowed all these like really scary videos to come out, right? Which we didn't see. We didn't. We, yeah, we saw hospitals fill up in Milan, but we didn't see people pitching over in the street. Well, you heard those people wailing. Yeah. On video. Yeah. But I could. We been, saw people shaking been. on gurneys. We didn't see that either. So, so I was watching all that. I thought it was real. I thought, you know, this is this is what's happening because I didn't have any basis for it. 
And then I didn't see that stuff elsewhere. And all of a sudden, I was like, wait a minute. China was, they're very smart. I think My, they exported some fear. You know, you know the, 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 the biggest deterrent for me is well psychological warfare. First and foremost, I'm young, a strapping young man. And I was like, I, I take it seriously. I mean, I'm definitely, I don't want to get sick or anything like that, but I'm not sure this is going to matter for me. I'm you know, relatively isolated in the middle of nowhere. We have guests coming out for sure. Yeah. There's travel. But uh, the, the big issue was when they said that it will give you a side effect and you will be out of, out of work for a day or two. And I was like, oh, That's I have how you I, know it's working. Well, I have no days off. So what they were literally saying was, go get the vaccine and you'll be sick for a day or two. And I was like, the fuck? When do I have a day off that I can just stop working? And that's the if you're lucky. Here, baby. Like, there's some people who are out weeks and months. Right. Like, and your so, friend is out for... God oh, God. but I mean, that's... Like, they're, they're saying you get flu-like symptoms for a day or two. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't have a day or two to have flu-like symptoms. Like, I had a problem when I had a tooth crack and I had to go to the dentist. I'm like, when the fuck am I going to the dentist? So I had to actually cancel, like, a few days of work. Mm -hmm. And that's something I can't do running this company. So I'm like, there's no time for me to do this. Then my friend, he had COVID. He got over it. The doctor was supposed to say you can't get the vaccine after just having COVID within a certain amount of time. It's true. The doctor was a fucking moron. He's telling me this now. I reached out. So uh, <clears throat> I asked him. It's like, I've heard these stories that people who've just had COVID within a few months can't get the vaccine. I'm wondering if your doctor told you that. And he said, no, but we're thinking that may be why I had the adverse reaction. Mm -hmm. He had had it too soon. He was already immune, took the vaccine. His immune system went into overdrive because a spike protein started getting mass produced. Exactly. And it attacked his nerves. Within a few days of getting a second dose, he said he started feeling pins and needles. And then uh, by that night or whatever, mm. it felt like his arms and legs weighed 120 pounds. He could barely move them. Uh, ended up in the ER. And that's because the spike protein I mentioned, the other receptors, neuropilling what you're one is one of them. That that's a it's a neuronal receptor. It can mess your nerves up. That's why we you know people have the uh, loss of taste and smell. Yeah. Right. Because it's actually literally physically going in through your nerves and wrecking them. So what what but what if what if they're actually serious? They know it's a gain of function virus, they know they fucked up and they're panicking, like get everybody the vaccine quick. Well well so there's that but but, but so if you give somebody a vaccine you still, it's not like you give them a magic bullet. You're giving them something that your, your immune system is going to go, oh, let me respond to this. So the first thing you would want, there's this whole other body is called preparing the terrain. I worked on many, many months around this to get people up with this. If you give the vaccine to somebody with a really shitty, weak immune system, somebody with a really robust one, they're going to have a better outcome. So what do we do to get the immune system robust? We should be preparing the terrain. It's a well-known concept, and you want people to have things like adequate levels of vitamin D and C and selenium and zinc. There's all these things you can do to make sure that your terrain is robust as it can be. It's like having a, a, a garden with no nitrogen in it. It's a little weak. Everything's kind of like shitty, you know? Um, and if we said, this is a bio thing, and we need a lab create, we want to do the best we can, we're going to we do both. We say, we have these vaccines coming in. We want to make sure you have the best terrain possible. Start to do this program. None of that. You go to the NIH treatment guidelines and they still say, nothing for vitamin D, we don't care about vitamin C, ivermectin does work, there's all these nodes. And what, they, that's what we would have done if the point was to get us healthy. Why don't they just inject the spike protein in? Well, there, there's, a, there's a vaccine, Novavax is coming out where they're doing exactly that. Um, and so that's better because, I think, because you can control the amount. Right now they give 30 micrograms of the MRA to everybody. I don't care if you're a 92 pound, you know, uh, Maddie uh, DeGarrett, right? Yeah. Or you're some 350 pound guy, dude, you're all, everybody's getting 30 micrograms and we don't know what it does, we don't know how much is made and all that stuff, but with the spike protein, manufactured, put on a little particle, they can control that. So you would give a 
it's normal. You should take different amount of aspirin than me, maybe, right. or et cetera, right? That would be normal. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought up terrain theory or terrain because in, in medicine there's germ theory and then there's terrain theory. There's all alternate theories of how people get sick. Yeah. The germ theory being that something fall, flies through the air, lands in your mouth, and then it starts to replicate. Terrain theory being that if your body's in a position to handle to, to be to be, you know, weak towards something, that that thing will begin to proliferate within you. And then it's like I I think that maybe that that that's more I don't know, how do you feel about both of those theories, and if either one is more or less likely. I lean more towards the terrain theory at this point in time. And I, I know it's because, like, right now, I'm in homeostasis with all these. i got trillions of other things on me and in me, right? I die, and within hours, they take over, right? So, you know, it's just like, you know, it's it's the terrain is obviously what keeps you healthy. And so I think one thing I've learned, and I, I told you I love what I've learned from COVID so far, I also realized that I've been marketed this bullshit, which is that health is this thing you have to cheat. You got to go to the gym. You got to, you got to, you know, but, but if you stop, you like get unhealthy. I now have that flipped. To me, now health is the actual native state of a living organism. If you're sick, it means something's wrong. Yeah, it's flipped. So terrain theory gets you to be healthy all the time, and there's things we know about that. One of the most marvelous things has come up. I'm still investigating is niacin. This vitamin D three, you know, it makes it gives you this flush. And, oh yeah! But it's astonishing what it does for people. So six grams or more for people with schizophrenia, half of them seem to have symptom resolution. It's really astonishing. Can't make money off that though. You can't because it's it's like five bucks for a hundred big ass pills. Right? You ever you ever you ever take a nice and pill? No, I, like I didn't dare. I was like skiing with my friends when I was like sixteen. And then my friend was like, I dare you to take it. And I was like, okay. And they were like, dude, Tim, don't. I took it. And they were like, don't do it. And it was too late. You flushed? Totally flushed. Like, it's a weird feeling. Like, I felt like my yeah. skin was tight. Yeah. Ooh. And I was like red and I was sweaty. And it was like, I, I, I was ketosis or something? No, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice and flush. And so they, they apparently would give it to, uh, at the school, they would give it to their athletes. They'd be like, tonight, take this, drink water with it. You're going to be uncomfortable. It's a flush. It's good for your system. So, so if you take this right before you go to bed, like if you took some tonight, like maybe 500 milligrams, but you want to work your way up to about a gram if you can. What happens while you're sleeping with that niacin in your system is you manufacture a lot of human growth hormone. So there was an article just came out. It was on Reddit. It was on Futurology yesterday. And they said the military is trying an anti-aging pill. Right? Niacin. And, and it, it, what it does is it boosts NAD+, which is what niacin oh, does. Oh, is this nicotinamide mononucleotide? I don't know. what the, It's some small molecule. Yeah. They didn't mention it or something like that. But this is their anti-aging. And by the way, you don't have to spend the filter. spend like 8000 bucks a pill. You can just go down and <laughs> five bucks for a big hundred of these things. So it, so this is another thing that's popped out. But niacin is really important and it's great for anti-aging and it's great for energies, all kinds of stuff. It's really good. So I'm glad yeah, you know that. I've, I've, I've noticed, like I mentioned the vitamin D thing on the main show, where it's like I feel tired in the winter and then I realized I thought it was because I wasn't exercising enough. I'm indoors more often. I'm out skating like I used to, so I'm getting sluggish. And then I realized, I was like, it's the other way around. Mm -hmm. the, the lack of sunlight and direct sunlight was was causing me to be tired and not be as active. Yeah. So because yeah. you know once we got this into a skate park, I'm like, oh now I could skate every day and it was hard and it was like, I didn't feel good. And then I was like, why don't I feel good? I'm eating right, like I'm eating good food. And I was like, I'm not getting the fucking sunlight. So I we had those gummy vitamin D's. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Pop some of those and then I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah there it box. is. Yeah. 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 There's like the way I describe it is, some days I feel like my batteries are like flashing at 5% and I'm like, and then I'm like, something's wrong. I'll take some vitamins, drink a bunch of water. And then all of a sudden it feels like electricity is surging through me. I guess it's, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what's missing from the diet, 
So it's, it's hard to know. I get that with a beetroot extract supplements. I mean, we could go down the list of a thousand supplements probably and talk about them, but man, I'll give you some well, let's, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll uh, I think we've hit a lot of these points. Uh, where I won't, I don't think we'll get completely into hydroxychloroquine, but uh, I imagine it's a similar assessment. It, it works. It, it, um, it has a signal. So it works really early in the viral replication stage. So I would say within 48 hours up to about 48 hours of, of symptom onset, it has a pretty decent signal. It's not as strong as ivermectin, but it's pretty decent. After that, it falls off pretty quickly because it's, it's an antiviral and that's about it. It's interesting what you said about ivermectin um, and the viral load, how it's like it stunts replication so your body can wipe it out. Because they, they were mentioning that people exposed to higher viral loads initially have worse. Much worse. Much, much worse. Yeah. So uh, if you get a little bit, you'll get sick and then get better. But if someone blasts you with a massive amount that goes right in your lungs, you'll get very serious COVID. Right. Right. And, and so I actually know people who are in the medical profession who are actively trying to get COVID because they want the natural infection. Oh, that's my lifestyle too. Right. So, but, but, yeah, they're but, not, they're not, but they're not trying to get the huge massive loads. So, so I know a guy who's like, his, his strategy is he's disappointed. So he's, he, he sat within like, you know, it's time distance and all this stuff. So he sat with someone who's clearly got COVID and sneezing and he's like six feet, five minutes, goes home and felt that. So he's been like trying to dial this up, you know, but, but because he wants the natural exposure, but he might've already been naturally exposed, might've been one of those 40% of people who's just yeah. completely asymptomatic. You don't even know, but here's the problem. But those people shouldn't be getting vaccinated. Natural immunization will not get you a vaccine passport. It won't. That's unfortunate. Is there a way to, to figure it out so that it could? Well, Tested. if we, if we're not being assholes about it, sure. You just test people. There's two tests. One would be for antibodies, but they, not everybody produces antibodies. Kids don't in, in many cases. You do a T-cell test. So they can test your T-cells to see if they've been exposed to this thing. And but it's other, a more expensive test, but it works. Other things can cause those T-cells to also produce. So they don't know what caused it. Is that the problem with the T-cell? No, it's pretty specific at this point the, in time. The, the PCR tests don't work? No. The PCR, PCR is just there to detect viral RNA. Which may, right. which may or won't be in your body months later. Right, right. But your T cells are still activated. Well, so, um, all right, we'll just do one more question. What do you think the future is going to be like with this? You think they're going to lock everything down again? There's going to be more variants, or do you think they'll just end? Well, it should end, but but right now it's the question you're asking, the political question, which is right. who, who's going to win this sort of battle? So you can see the battle lines being drawn. My hope in this story is watching people like Bill Maher, you mentioned Ivermectin on the show yep. the other day, watching John Stewart go off on Colbert on the, on the old lab leak thing and watching the left just go absolutely insane, losing their minds over, over his, his truthiness on that. When, when you were here last time, we couldn't even say the word ivermectin. Nope. And Luke kept saying eviscromycin. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm just saying that so that we don't get banned. I'm like, no, Luke, you just don't know what the word is. <laughs> now he's like, well, it's because I'm a dumbass. <laughs> now you can actually say it, though. Yes. You just have to it. say it's not FDA approved. Right. And you got to qualify and do all that stuff and, and say there's a lot Talk of controversy yeah, all, all of that. So so do we? where do we go from here? COVID could be over any time we want it to be at this point in time. We would do what other states are doing, like like most of India now is on ivermectin, and they're just crushing it over there. So it's going to become, it is already painfully obvious, but sooner or later, we're going to be in a state, if we continue like this in the United States, we're going to be that one country in the world where even Mexico's like, don't, no, don't, yeah. we don't want none of your people here. You guys, whatever you're doing, just, we don't want it. We'll be pariahs because we're not managing a very manageable disease. We take responsibility, personal responsibility, and that means you do the research, you look into it, you decide what you find appropriate, talk to some medical professionals. If you don't like what you're hearing because it's political or otherwise, get a second opinion. We've had many guests who have done just that. Some who've been told to get the vaccine, some who've been told not to get the vaccine because... 
there's just some nuance here. But uh, I feel like uh, we've said as much as we can say for the time being. Plus, we're wow. a bit over, so that's fine. Thanks. Just look into it, people. People yeah. should just look into it. And yes, it. agree. Well, thanks for coming and, and saying all this. And even though we're on the website, it's behind this paywall. They still come for you. Mm -hmm. They do. Um, you know, Brett's been a bit more brazen about it. He goes on to YouTube saying, "I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You can't stop me." You know, or you can stop me, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this. So I wonder if he ends up, you know, he, his channels get demonetized, his income gets threatened. So, but you know, I'm not gonna say too much more on that. But, but they could come after us in a bunch of different ways. Well, well, they could, they could, and and um, you know, Brett and I have a have a date at some point when he gets a little bit less busy. I want to start talking about what do we do about this. So I think people like us need to band together. I think we need to be smarter about it. I think yeah. we need to put more wood behind the arrow and, and figure out what these things are. So. So what if, what if, imagine, like, every single doctor, everybody gets on a show says, hey, before you ask me about the, the vaccines for kids, just tell me how many kids are we willing to kill so an aging Alzheimer patient can have two more weeks? And if every doctor says that, all of a sudden it's a message, and it's like, what do you right. do with that, right? That's what we should roll with. We should have a message. All right, man. Thanks for coming. It's been a blast. Thanks. My pleasure. I had a blast. For everybody who is a member, this is exactly the kind of thing, kind of conversation we're trying to preserve. Whether anything here, look, it's always going to be your responsibility. The goal here at TimCast.com, what we are going to be doing with our writers is to seek out information. And if we put up an article showing you the study from Ivermectin, we will absolutely include the studies that say it's, it's bunk. We'll, we'll include the study saying it does work. We'll include the study saying it doesn't work. And then you're going to have to navigate these waters because I am not the captain of your ship. But YouTube wants to cut half of that conversation off. They want you to only get one, one study. And if anyone dare oppose, no, that's bullshit. I'm going to give you both and say, look, man, I'm not a doctor. Here's what I can offer you. If you like what we do, stay a member. Thanks for being a member. We'll see you all next time. All right. That's, that's, that's all for Tim Pool. Fascinating stuff, is it not? Real quickly, let's, I got something here from... <coughs> Children's Health Defense.org. It's on this very same subject. Let me share the screen with you. Right here. You guys see this? I'm just going to cut myself out of the picture as I go over this uh, article with you. Go Rogan's Emergency Podcast questions YouTube censorship of content showing Ivermectin. As an effective COVID treatment, Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan Experience interviews two of the world's leading experts, Brett Weinstein and Dr. Pierre Corey on ivermectin. They discuss how YouTube censored the Dark Horse podcast for highlighting the benefits of ivermectin to treat COVID. The Defender is experiencing censorship on many social channels. Be sure to stay in touch with the news that matters by subscribing to the top news. Uh, subscribing to our top news of the day is free, which I am a subscriber. Uh, I get emails just about every day from uh, Children's Health Defense, which this was put together by... Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., amazing American, true patriot. Uh, 
last week Joe Rogan did an emergency podcast. We're probably going to check this. You see this over here in the corner? Dr. Zach Bush, Doctors, Farmers, Indoctrinated by Big Pharma. We're definitely going to have to check that out after this. That sounds very fascinating. Uh, last week, Joe Rogan did an emergency podcast with evolutionary biologist Brett Weinstein, Ph.D., and critical care specialist Dr. K Pierre Corey on how they are being censored by YouTube for discussing the benefits of using ivermectin to treat COVID. Weinstein posted, or Weinstein, host of the Dark Horse podcast, told Rogan that YouTube demonetized his channel, removed some of his videos, and issued warnings for content that mentioned ivermectin, labeling it spam and deceptive medical information, which I've been warned uh, about that from YouTube as well. Uh, let's keep going. YouTube's message is drop the science and stick to the narrative or else Weinstein Weinstein uh, tweeted apologies for mispronouncing the name Brett uh, YouTube just demonetized both Dark Horse channels wiping out more than half our family income their message drop the science and stick to the narrative or else no YouTube review this video Review this video. Hashtag censorship kills. Belts tighten. Incomes can be replaced. Which uh, I probably will check out that later. Uh, Weinstein uh, told Rogan ivermectin is an effective anti-parasitic drug that's been given to 4 billion people worldwide. The World Health Organization considers ivermectin and essential medicine that's safe for kids, Weinstein said. Ivermectin was discovered in the 1970s by Japanese microbiologist Stashoi or Steoshi Omura, an American parasitic biologist William C. Campbell, they dis, their discovery won them the 2015 Nobel Prize in Physiology. The drug was the drug has successfully treated millions with river blindness, a disease caused by parasitic worms that ultimately lead to blindness. It's also proven effective against lymphatic Flariitis, a parasitic disease spread by mosquitoes. <clears throat> Corey told Rogan that ivermectin also works for disease such as the Bica virus, Dengue, HIV, West Nile, and influenza. That's your common flu which is also the common code. Wow, this is getting interesting. Mounting evidence highlights its effectiveness against COVID too, said Corey, which is very similar to uh, 
trying to recall what was his name uh chris martinson the doctor who was just talking to uh tim pool an independent meta uh, analyst published in june in the american journal of therapeutics found patients treated with ivermectin at a 62 percent re, reduction in COVID deaths. Corey said, <clears throat> you'd save two out of every th three people that you treat. That's the minimum of what ivermectin is capable of because it's not in every trial 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 where they treated early when you look at the early virus late they do so much better <coughs> covid patients given ivermectin only had about an 80 percent reduction in hospitalizations and deaths at Corey. another study published in february in the international journal of infectious diseases found that nearly 85% of patients in Mexico that were given ivermectin as part of a multi-drug therapy recover from COVID within two weeks. Weinstein and Corey both agree ivermectin could have saved millions of lives, but doctors were told not to use it. Hmm. Who's telling the doctors not to use it? Yeah, give me a moment. I want to show you uh, uh, another video that uh, about how ivermectin how ivermectin is been used. A doctor prescribed it to treat uh, a woman's COVID side effects. Their COVID side effects. All right. And in that video, uh, with what's his face, Chris uh, Chris Martinson, the doctor that was talking to Tim Pool that we were watching earlier, they brought up how ivermectin was treating the side effects of the from spike proteins in the COVID-19 vaccine. I'm about to show you another account of uh, of uh, of ivermectin treating the uh, vaccine side effects.
<clears throat> this is uh, what I'm about to show you will be from Rockfin, okay? I'm surprised this hasn't been pulled down yet. It's definitely getting shadow banned. There's no doubts about that. Uh, where is it at? All right, this is from a podcast called Conspiracy Castle. Uh, and in it, he's talking to uh, this this woman right here, Brittany Galvin. Uh, i got to refresh it. It's being weird. Apologies for the technical difficulties. Uh, my fellow truthers. Now, this woman became magnetic from the vaccine. And that's, that's why she came on to the conspiracy castle with Alex Stein to uh, discuss it. So, No, I was definitely skeptical. Um, I put it off and I put it off and I put it off. And I was like stomping like a little brat in the middle of Publix. Like Publix is the grocery store here. And, I'm very um, familiar with the pub subs. I love a sub sandwich. Pub subs, yes, for sure. Yes, yes. So then, you know, the pharmacies in there are like, you know, hardcore. So I went in there and I was like, they're like, oh, there's two people in front of you. I was like, uh-uh. And I looked right at the two people. I was like, if I don't go before them, I'm walking out of here. Like, you, and they did. They sat me down and they never, I never had informed consent. Like, they never went over anything with me. I actually filled out a form stating that I had issues. Like, I circled that I had immunosuppressants and the full letter says that you marked yes for any of this. We you have to talk to the pharmacist before being vaccinated. Nobody ever spoke to me. No, it's because the emergency use authorization. It's hard to say that they don't care. They just are so eager, mm -hmm. and they get kickbacks. Every pharmacy they want to be able to say they inject oh, yeah. somebody. And what people don't know is that the EUA was based off of only. I know for Moderna and Pfizer. I don't know about the others, but Moderna it was only a nine-week study. Pfizer, it was only a six-week study. So people think they went through these huge clinical things. Yeah. First of all, none of the clinical I got the documentation um, trials are that. even right over that. They're not even complete with documentation. But how right they got that EUA, how they applied for it, was only based on six weeks for Pfizer and nine weeks for Moderna. Speaking of all of this, watch this. I want to show you this video. Uh, let me bring you over this now this is a uh, a young girl the that Pfizer was, COVID vaccine she had the experimental in the clinical trial for 12 to 15 year olds all three of our kids volunteered and were excited to participate in the trial as a way to help us all return to normal life my husband works in the medical field and i have a degree in electrical engineering we are pro-vaccine and pro-science, which is why we agreed to let Maddie and her two older brothers volunteer for the trial. Before Maddie got her final dose of the vaccine, she was a healthy 12-year-old who got straight A's um, and had lots of friends. She had a life. She was energetic. She was not like this. 
Although she does still have lots of friends. <laughs> Upon receiving the second shot, Maddie immediately felt pain at the abduction site. And over the next 24 hours, she developed severe abdominal and chest pain. And the way she described causes inflammation in, in the heart, people. It feels like my heart is being ripped out through my neck. She had painful electrical shocks down her neck and spine that forced her to walk hunched over. She had extreme pain in her fingers and toes. It actually made them turn white and they were cold whenever you touched them. She had edema. So, my husband immediately took her to the ER as instructed by the vaccine trial nurse administrator, which is what we were instructed to do. Her blood was taken for a renal profile and tested. She was checked for appendicitis, which she did not have, and given an IV with some medicine and sent home. However, in the discharge papers from the Children's Hospital ER that she went to, the diagnosis stated adverse effect of vaccine initial encounter. Yeah, so, you know, that just shows you uh, she was a young girl doing it to, you know, they wanted to be part of the experiment at 12 and 15 year olds. And now she's in a wheelchair. So there's a lot of other people that have a similar 15 year old girl. Really sad to see that. And then we have Perfectly another guy healthy. I hate to be so low vibrational. We're, tonight we're being low vibrational energy, but Harmon, Harmon is a regular caller and he's on the line. I'm about to put him through. And he Hold has that. a family friend. So Harmon, explain it. What is it? A niece or some sort of relation to somebody else that, that was in your opinion, Brittany? I think it's, you know, the spike proteins and the and my legs couldn't really move. Like they were they were so heavy and they were tingly. It was like have you ever had like too much NyQuil? Yeah, I've had too much a lot of I've had too much a lot of stuff, but yes, I understand. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> too much of a lot of stuff where your legs barely move. That's about how I felt. So I I crawled down the stairs and woke up on the floor. Call nine one one. By the time they got there, my arms were like mangling up like this. It could not move them. My shut my your legs. mouth. So they were like crunching up, and you couldn't even control uh, it. Couldn't control anything. But they're medicated. Um, they tried that. They were up like a Um, so that was the first hospital. The ambulance took me to the first hospital. I was there for two days. They did brain MRI, told plus anxiety on my you know chart, and sent me home. That was the first one. Second one, day and a half, two days later, chest pains were still there, still couldn't walk. I mean, I could walk, but it was like super heavy. The tingling was still going on. Headache was super bad. Went back to the hospital, ended up admitting me again for three days, I think I was there that time. They ended up doing a spinal tap because they suspected Guillain-Barre. <coughs> the one doctor was like, I suspect possibly Guillain-Barre. Um, and He's like, let's go ahead and do a spinal tap. So they did the spinal tap. At that point is where you see the video of me sitting in the hospital bed, putting this stuff on my head saying, hey, Lewis, look, you, I don't know if you've seen that one. I'm like, hey, Lewis, why is all this metal sticking to me? At that point is when all the nurses and the doctors started coming into my room on their own, because they must have been talking about it, asking me if they could put the metal on me. The nurses. I, the nurses said, can we test the it? doctors, yes. They were all doing it to me. So as I had people commenting on my videos saying I was faking it, I had nurses like and doctors saying, what is it in you? To the point to where two different hospital stays, the first one and the second one, they ordered an x-ray of my arm because they thought that I had metal inside of my arm. 
Wow. They, and did they did anything come up on the X-ray? No, no. Of course, it says no foreign no foreign body found. It's because you think it's nano. So, what do you think it is, in your opinion, Brittany? I think it's you know the spike proteins and the the SM one hundred two and all of the, like the the different magnetism elements that are in the vaccine ingredients. That's what I think it is. I think that they're little magnetism nanoparticles that evolve together. I've got a really good video on my on my um, Instagram. Also, there's a follower that I follow. Her name's Health Doll Health I can send you the even for your listeners. She's got a really good video that explains it. But I think that the little balls of the nanoparticles, they fall together. And so when I was, when I was, you know, this is the arm that I had. And when I was putting a little piece of magnet on there, it's pulling all of those pieces. Which is her left arm, by the way. They're all getting jabbed in the left arm. When I went to the hospital, I had three MRIs and two CT scans where I was put into an MRI machine. So what I was. You had how many CT scans total? Two CTs and three MRIs. In that machine just, like that, that so they had no idea what's wrong with you. And I don't even believe that machine can really tell you what's wrong with you. I mean, I, what did they look at? No. I mean, they just see clusters of cells in your body, I guess. I don't even know. What does an MRI tell you if you have an autoimmune disease? It didn't. They were they were trying to find any reason of why I couldn't walk. Okay. They were trying to diagnose me with MS. They were trying to diagnose me with a brain lesion. And were they people? talking to you saying, oh, did you have the vaccine? Or was it like did you oh, yeah. the elephant oh, in the yeah. room? Okay. No, no, they, they asked me, um, but until, not until the third stay, did they actually treat me like a human being? And even then it was only one doctor. I was treated completely different by, you. let's put it this way. You could tell who believed me and who thought I was crazy. You could tell. And, and, like, and, and what go, do you think the makeup of nurses that thought you are crazy normal? Because that probably is the makeup of nurses that are vaccinated and not vaccinated. Most of them weren't vaccinated. They said most that of them to you? Told me, yeah, most of them told me, see, this is why I'm not getting vaccinated. What was your motivation <laughs> behind getting vaccinated? Because I'm not trying to be rude, but were you virtue signaling? You thought it was safe? Were you tricked? I mean, I mean, you know. Uh, I, I was I was pressured. For uh, work or social situation? For work and because I am autoimmune, I called my doctor and asked him for, you know, and, and I, I want to be clear, like pressured for work because of my position. I'm a vice president of sales for a PEO, which is payroll benefits workers comp. So you need I'm to travel. Like, There's a lot of reasons for work. Yeah. You don't have to really. I mean, I understand. You don't well, have I mean, I see a lot of people. I see a lot of people. So my, my job was consistently saying, if you want to go back to normal, um, you know, and I, I'm making a six figure salary. I've been doing it for 17 years at this point during a pandemic. Who's going to give me another job? You know, and so they're pushing the vaccine hard, saying if we want to go back to normal, we need to get the vaccine. Was I going to go get another job during a pandemic because I didn't want to get a vaccine? No, I was just going to get the stupid vaccine. Um, well, I, did you did you have? Were you scared of COVID at all, though, or were you like an anti-vaccine? I had Fauci? COVID. Yeah, but no, were you, were you like? A, would you consider yourself a liberal? I mean, I'm not. I consider myself really no, in the middle. I mean, I'm not. I'm, so I'm in the middle. I voted for Obama, and then I voted for Trump. Yeah, I voted for Trump. Terms too. on both of them. Yeah, I don't. Know. Really so, like Biden, but I'm I'm not some conservative guy at all. Um, yeah, but, I mean, I, I I was totally against people not wearing masks in the beginning because I had COVID. I had COVID in February, March of 2020, and back when it was like first starting, and so I was very vocal about that too because I was like, Can people put on your masks. I you were pro mask. mask. You were really pro mask. So I'm anti. I've been anti mask since day one. But go ahead. Sorry, I just I. I, I I just I believe they, I, this is what I think the COVID is. They just rebranded the flu and that it is SARS and that there is like 
Middle Eastern respiratory syndrome, there is respiratory syndrome, and maybe it's a little bit more, but it's not as deadly as they say. And that these tests, these PCR tests, literally they run them for 40 cycles. They will find some sort of virus or bacteria that can make those right. tests go positive. So there's a lot less people that are actually sick. And um, so I believe the numbers are, you know, extremely off. And the, the problem is with the experimental vaccine is that they they have an emergency use authorization. It's not actually fully, uh, you know, authorized by the FDA. And so did you report it to VAERS? Like what happens in your case? Do you have any sort of like medical um, back and forth after this? Yes, yeah, so I reported it to VAERS um, for my third hospital trip. So I reported it when I had only had like the seizure at that point. Um, only a seizure, I, LOL, sorry. That's yeah, <laughs> at that point. But then after my third hospital stay, they were actually about to um, release me. The, what I call the mean doctors, the doctors who didn't believe me, they were pulling my pain meds from me. It was it was crazy how they were treating me. Um, they, they wouldn't even, like the one doctor has all over my chart that he checked my respiratory symptoms and stuff and he never even once touched me. Ever even came through my door every day he was there. They treated me like complete crap. But the one doctor, the neurologist, came in on the day they were going to you know, release me, and he was like, "You're not going anywhere." And he sat down, and he was like, "Look, young Gray, and you have pot syndrome, and you have this and this and this." And he starts writing all up, and he looked at the nurse, and he's like, "And you need to report this to the CDC." They still, to this day, have not reported it. Wow. I have. But they have not, even though the doctor told them to multiple times. I followed up with the hospital. I've talked to um, their supervisors, and they keep telling me they're going to. But I spoke to theirs, and it hasn't. The hospital hasn't called them. And where did you get the Moderna vaccine? I have to ask you: Did you get anything free with it? Did you get, uh, or was you? Did you? I mean, what? Like, no, I didn't get any. I didn't. I didn't, <laughs> didn't get any donuts. You didn't get any donuts. I even get the free donut. But did you get anything? Uh, uh, no, I didn't. Enter in a lottery. You just went and did it for work. Yeah, like a lot. I, I got Guillain-Barre. Is what I got. Yeah, you got Guillain-Barre, which isn't funny, but I mean, it's just. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and we're gonna open up the phone line, so guys, get ready because we're gonna take some calls here in like ten minutes. Um, so basically. What message, you know, you're so heavily censored, and I know now you're basically like a truther. You probably didn't choose to go into this route of, like, exposing the CDC. I don't doubt it. So, like, are you motivated to do this? I know you're going to go on other interviews and stuff, but, it, like, has this changed your whole life being sick? Are you going after them in almost like uh, some sort of vengeance for what they did to you? Uh, for metaphorically, obviously. I mean, yes and no. Part of me, to be honest, is kind of like scared to be silenced because what comes after I get silent after I've made such a, you know, mess. I, I don't want to sound crazy, but it's funny. I joke about like the men in black. I don't know. Are they coming for me? I have no idea. The way they're coming for me on the platform is scary as crap. I can tell you that. It's like they're watching every move I make. And how is that possible when you have millions and billions of people that are on your platform? Um, it's it's crazy. I'm a real person. It's not like I am. I didn't start out as a truther. So it's funny you say that. I'm just a regular person who experienced this, who's telling my story. So the fact that they're coming after me so hard, yeah, it motivates me to continue to, to talk and speak out. And I will go down wormholes until four in the morning looking at documents right off of their own page just to call them out on something. On the other hand, it's the people that are actually telling me that I'm changing their life. I mean, how do you let these people down at this point? It's kind of a catch-22. You're happy to help people, but you're sad. So what's the biggest change in your life since pre-vaccine and post-vaccine? Uh, change in my life physically, you know. Um, but the seizures? Say, are you still having seizures? I mean, are you... I, Here comes are you the treatment. No, so are, you, 
Are you taking the like medicine? I mean, I would smoke yeah. weed. That's what I would do. But I mean, I wouldn't be I'm drinking. On, I'm drinking? on taking CBD. Yeah. I'm on ivermectin. Oh, so you are taking ivermectin. Wait, <laughs> wow. Wait, really, Brittany? That's pretty intense. So what is the protocol yeah. on ivermectin? I'm on day four. I take five and a half pills per day for five days. And then I'm going to take five and a half for five days or five and a half once a week for two weeks after I finish the five days. I'm on the fourth day. I took the fourth day today. So tomorrow's my fifth day. Um, and you're and hoping to rid and you're hoping to rid the virus of the vaccine with the ivermectin. What's the point of the ivermectin? Yeah, they're what they told me is that they're hoping it'll, um, you know, get rid of or calm down the spike proteins. <laughs> That's hardcore. Yeah. So what doctor they gave you ivermectin because you know they can't really prescribe that. So did they say in your? I mean, I know it's hippie. They prescribed say, it. It came from a pharmacy. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying like your doctor had to be some special doctor. Like I thought, you know, I thought doctors weren't even allowed to prescribe it because from what I understand, well, from what I understand is I know some doctors were and they were getting in trouble, but they can't say that ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine is a suitable cure for it because then they wouldn't be able to have the emergency use authorization if there's any sort of other cure. So that's why they have to be like, <laughs> so anti-ivermectin and anti-hydroxychloroquine. So it's just like big pharma. So, so did you know Big Pharma is you know charges two hundred dollars for insulin in America and two dollars in Mexico, and that they rip us off? Or did you trust Big Pharma before this? No, I never trusted Big Pharma. Um, you know, so that, that's right, the funniest so part that, about my enough. story is that's, that that's, that's that I told you that. I was all. So you heard it. You heard it. You heard it. All right. That her, the doctor prescribed her, and she went and picked it up at the pharmacy. Ivermectin to treat the side effects of the spike proteins in the mRNA COVID-19 Big Pharma eugenics program vaccine, which Chris Martinson, who was talking to Temple, said, in my, who is a doctor. All right, as PhDs and everything said, this is not a, an actual vaccine. This, and I, I mentioned this before, I am not an anti vaxxer, I am not anti vaccines, I am anti COVID vaccine, this mRNA vaccine, and I'm in anti mRNA vaccines. Period. If it's an mRNA vaccine. No, 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 no. Because, yeah, I got vaccinated, kid. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm a healthy young man. When it comes to this, <laughs> no. I can't even tell you the last time I had a flu shot. Uh, high school, maybe? That seems like a long time ago. I'm, what, 32 now? Been out of high school for a long while. All right. Let's... Now, go back to that thing we saw uh, when we were reading that article about the uh, emergency broadcasts of the Joe Rogan experience on the Children's Health Defense. There we go. And I'm going to cut myself out of the picture real quick to read this. Dr. Zach Bush. Doctors, farmers, indoctrinated by Big Pharma. Dr. Zach Bush, a thought leader on the microbiome 
as is related to health, disease, and food systems, <coughs> told Kelly Noonan Gores on the Health Podcast. The pharmaceutical industry owns the education space and the research direction of academia is academia in profound ways. Oh, look at all them pharmaceutical pills. Make you better take your medicine. Uh, the defender is experiencing censorship on many social channels. Be sure to be in touch to a rather earlier. I do recommend that you guys uh, uh, go to childrenshealthdefense.org. Subscribe. It's free. No charge. And they'll keep you up to date. Uh, keep you really healthy. And stick it to Big Pharma. One of the most important lessons Dr. Zach Bush learned while working with patients is that humanity wants to be healthy and well. I agree with that. What don't consumers want? Codependency with Big Pharma. Bush said in an interview with Kelly Noonan Gores on the Health Podcast, Bush, a physician specializing in internal medicine, the doctrinally and hospice care, is an internationally recognized educator and thought leader on the microbiome as it relates to health, disease, and food systems. In his work, Bush highlighted the need for a radical departure from chemical farming and pharmacy and the need to provide a path for consumers, farmers, and mega industries to work together for a healthy future, people, and planet. While in medical school, Bush said it was hammered into his mind this ideal that patients are too lazy to get healthy and just want to be prescribed a pill. We accept that the pharmaceutical toolbox is the only thing that's going to work, said Bush. But the truth is that many patients are willing to make lifestyle changes. They just don't always have the information on how to do it, said Bush. When food failed to deliver the clinical outcomes, Bush expected in his patients. He began studying food science and the nutrients and medicine within food that led him to understand that soil and the nutrient deficiencies caused by gen genetically engineered crops and pesticides such as Monsanto's and Roundup weed killer, Bush said, he was astonished. Medicine wasn't looking at the soil and food systems as the source of our nation's massive chronic disease epidemic. Bush said, we are surrounded by the chemically saturated pieces of nature. That chemical roundup is undermining the plant's nutritional content. The plant becomes deficient in its mineral content and other things. So it starts to suffer its immune system, and then you need more herbicides and pesticides to try to support this failing plant in the field that looks green because you pumped a bunch of nitrogen in it. But its biology isn't working, so you've, you're having this 
failing immune system and you become more chem chemically dependent. Wow. Listen to the interview here on the here. Bush discuss how doctors and farmers have been indoctrinated by the pharmaceutical industry and how to support the regenerative movement to heal the soil and the microbiome of the planet. Wow. I'm going to share this. Uh, let you guys know. I don't know if you know this. But we do have here on uh, on our Facebook, on the Facebook, a Truther Odyssey group, chat group. You're welcome to join this group. I post the, a lot of these. Uh, I've made the goal to put these articles on here. Uh, you guys can also post Inform, similar information and have discussions with each other and I'm going to make sure to put every broadcast of the truth or odyssey on there for you as well as a you know uh, video catalog for for you to view the content all right uh, and to get the truth out there all right and so it's it's a it's a safe space uh freedom of speech is 100 percent at the truth or odyssey group you you're all welcome to join this group on facebook it's easy to find just type in truth or odyssey there's a truth or odyssey page and then there's the truth or odyssey group like the page join the group all right and i make sure to put these kind of articles there in the group on the page on my personal profile, uh, guys, it's 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 getting it's getting intense because they're censoring like crazy. Uh, I think I probably only had maybe one or two people, and it may actually have been the same person jumping in and out at different times in this broadcast. But they definitely shadow banned this. Uh, no, that our our goal in the truth or odyssey, man. If any of you who watch this, who who like this program, if you are artistic in any way, please contact me. Uh, you can DM me here. You know, contact me on Messenger. Uh, I can also hook you up with my my cell phone number you can call me uh, to help design t-shirts i think it i'm thinking about you know uh the the image at the opening of every broadcast with the guy and the beam coming out of his head and says truth or odyssey making that the front of a shirt and then the back of it saying seeking truth in a world full of disinformation and indoctrination because that's what we do here we are seeking the truth in a world full of disinformation and indoctrination people don't drink the kool-aid take your red pill wake up 
snap out of that matrix the illusion that mainstream media Hollywood Washington the bought-out corporate pharmaceutical industry the technocracy big tech communist China all of them are trying to keep you enslaved in uh, to quote George Orwell's 1984 slavery is freedom and they're trying to push slavery on you with the illusion that you're free when you're not I'm a free person because I freely choose not to wear their masks I'm a free person because I freely choose not to take their vaccine I'm a free person because I freely live my life I freely speak out about these saints freely and it's freely for you if you like this these these videos if you like the truth or Odyssey I'm not asking for you to hit the like button I'm not asking you to hit subscribe what I am asking though is that you hit the share button get the truth out there Will you probably get tossed in Facebook jail? Will you probably get kicked off of YouTube and this and that? More than likely. Yes, more than likely. But you need to start taking action. And the easy way for you to take action is hit the share button right now. Please hit share. That's it. And if you're a person who just heard my plea to help design t-shirts, please get a hold of me. We, we'll make make up some t-shirts. Hopefully we can maybe in the future. I can get a web designer get a website a uh, Truth or Odyssey website going with uh, Maybe Where you can go buy the shirts on the website. I think there's a lot of potential for Truth or Odyssey Potential for you potential for me potential for all of us uh Love you guys. God bless you. God bless your families. God bless the United States of America. God bless the neighbors. God bless this world. God save us. So one last time. Hit share. Because we are seeking truth in a world full of disinformation and indoctrination this is the true talker jacob Hager. this is the truth or odyssey and we are signing obliquely that's all folks i'm signing off i'm not joking around it's been almost two hours i'm losing my mind they're coming for me they come to take me away. Aha, they come to take me away. Oh, he, he, ha, ha, the funny farm.
activating penal glands from neural linguistics to this one. Telekinetic frequencies. Multidimensional. This world is separated by countries, cities, and towns and borders. Yeah. They divide and conquer. Yeah, they're monsters. They are the warring forces. Ah. When I'm walking through, I'm talking truth because I'm the truth talker. Real. This fluoride in your water, that's torture. That is your new world order. Wow. This world is gruesome and violent. Oh, yeah. That's why these humans are frightened. Oh well, we're living in hell. I'll pack my bags and move to an island. Oh. I want to be truly enlightened. Dude. My music's juicy and vibrant. It's deep in its dirty, in its underground like rubies and diamonds. Gigantic like titans. No, I don't pay to no violence. Gods. Life's too short for lies and plots. Time flies like a pilot's watch. I'm watching time unravel. I'm lost in time. My time is lost. I will astral travel and do some stargazing and just look at the sky and watch. I'm a verbal pedigree. I've been reading the Gnostic scriptures. Smoking a herbal remedy. I'm not drinking a toxic elixir. I flow on a verse with energy. I'm a consistent cosmic ninja. And I don't do no hurt or jealousy. I show love. I'm a cosmic thinker. This world we live in is treacherous. That's why you need to show extra love. There's demons standing next to us. Fallen angels wanna have sex with us. Dark forces they're testing us. I talk truth, they section us. Hyperborea, that's my home, it's a multi-dimensional exodus. This world is separated by countries, cities, and towns and borders. Yeah, they divide and conquer. Yeah, they're monsters, they are the warring forces. When I'm walking through, I'm talking truth, because I'm the truth talker. Real. This fluoride in your water, that's torture. That is your new world order. This world is run by an evil intelligence. These demons are ruthless. You need to show compassion and love. Don't panic or screaming is useless. Truth all day, that's why these people are feeding my music. Yeah. But please don't piss me off. I leave your mouth for bleeding and toothless. People are foolish and evil and ghoulish. Fiction is weird and even the truth is. Wow. Don't be feeble and stupid. History's fake and even the moon is real. There's no fluoride in my water. So when I'm dreaming, it's loses. You're drinking fluoride on a daily basis. That's a reason you're clueless. This world we're living in sickening. Why are these people evil and so dark? Why? The powers to be, the cowards are weak, and the human beings with no heart. Make me so fucking angry. Ah. I break the both legs and both arms. I find a Masonic Lodge and shoot them all with poisonous blow darkness. I that killer beast and release that inner peace. I'm so calm. My third eye's fully activated. My mind is so sharp. I'm unique like Mozart. On beat, I'm concrete, I go hard. And when it comes to music, I'm having fun on tracks like gold bars. This world is separated by countries, cities, and towns and borders. Yeah, they divide and conquer. Yeah, they're monsters. They are the warring forces. When I'm walking through, I'm talking truth because I'm the truth talker. There's fluoride in your water. That's torture. That is it's a new world order. Wow. If you're told the lie enough times, it becomes part of your reality. That is a new world order. Wow. And if enough people have taught that lie, now it becomes part of the culture. That is a new world order. Wow. And then that culture then passes that misinformation along to the next generation. That is a new world order. Wow. Steel Productions.